Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty and Luke Luke, uh, with me this afternoon, along with Dalton Sanford. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad to have you on a beautiful Monday afternoon here in Hattiesburg. And Luke, I'm going to guess it's just as blue and pretty in Laurel as it is here in the Berg. It is absolutely gorgeous. About one of the best days uh, you could want after that nasty weather that came through Saturday. I tell you what, it's a gorgeous day in South Mississippi. Well, you're right. Sean Fox, he is the play-by-play voice of the UNC Charlotte 49er baseball team. He'll be joining us a little later in the show. Luke and I have a lot of Southern Miss sports to tell you about uh, in the third segment as well. But first, we want to Welcome back our sponsor, as we always do, Dickey's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of Golden Eagle Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. Dickey's uh, cooks delicious pizza that are cooked fresh in their restaurants around the state every day. And don't forget, Dickey's caters. No business uh, too big, no business too small for Dickey's. They'll cater your event. Uh, we had them cater uh, something we were at recently, and it was delicious. We encourage you to contact our buddies at Dickey's Barbecue Pit the next time you have something special. All right, it's Monday. That means it's time for head baseball coach Scott Berry to join the Eagle Hour, as he so graciously does each and every Monday. Golden Eagles coming off a pretty tough week, lost to Ole Miss in the midweek, two losses to uh, Florida International before bouncing back yesterday and taking a 15-7 to win. So, Coach, a pretty rough week, but on the other hand, uh, some good news in that Louisiana Tech beats Florida Atlantic two out of three, and the Golden Eagles remain only a game out of first place. So that's the positive, but uh, your take on the week, Coach. Well, you know, you're right, Bob. It's a tough week uh, starting last Tuesday. There in, in Pearl, and, you know, honestly, uh, played a pretty good game through five innings, and then uh, you know, on the sixth, it kind of the doors blew open on us. Didn't make a couple of plays, and, and really should have come out of that inning uh, tied two to two. But as a result of some errors and plays not made, uh, you know, well now all of a sudden we find ourselves down six to two, and uh, of course, Ole Miss never looked back. And you know, up to that point, we had some opportunities to. Ex- that we missed on. You look at that game, we left 11 guys on base, committed four errors, and just didn't play innings uh, six through nine uh, like you like you have to play against any opponent, uh, much less you know a, a good Ole Miss team. So, so we found ourselves moving to uh, to Miami for a conference series against FIU, who was playing good. You know they're coming off a road series win at Rice uh, and. Maybe one of the best pitchers, or I know it's one of the best. He was actually named Conference Pitcher of the Week this week. Uh, uh, Logan Allen, a lefty, the Friday night guy, which has numbers, you know, much like Sandlin did for us last year. And, uh, you know, he lived up to it on Friday night. But uh, once again, we once we got him out of the game going into the seventh, we missed on opportunities to uh, try to get ourselves back in that game. And, 
that's kind of the storyline on on Friday and Saturday. Both games mirrored themselves. Not not one phase of the game showed up and played well. And uh, then yesterday we were able to salvage one game out of the series, which was a huge, huge win because you never want to get swept anywhere. Uh, three games, uh, losing three games is really devastating in what you're trying to do conference-wise. So we, we exhibited some toughness yesterday and with our backs against the wall to pull that one out and, and, and played a good baseball game yesterday. Coach, you've always come on this show where there's been a good week or a bad week, and we have great respect for you about that. Uh, can you describe to us the uh, – is there a level of frustration that you're dealing with right now, or is this just part of part of the game? I think a little of both. Um, you know, being honest with you, sure we're frustrated. You know, we feel like that we should be better than 21 and 12, but I think uh, the reality is, is the way we've played and the inconsistency in how we've played in certain phases of the game has, has been the result of that and and it creates that frustration you know feel like we're playing hard uh, don't get me wrong there we're you know i think there's maybe a couple games you know i think a, a week ago or two weeks ago when we played south alabama you know i questioned that one i mean there were just too many mental letdowns there that that really had you uh, more than frustrated, I guess, after that game. But you know, for the most part, Bob, we've we've played really hard. We've just, you know, sometimes do you press too much? I mean, is that the problem? And you know, momentum is such a such a key thing in anything that you do. And and it's the same way with winning. You know, I remember back in '09 when we made that run to College World Series in Omaha. You know, there was a point where we weren't playing very good, but then all of a sudden we started winning, and it's like nobody could beat us. And uh, so, you know, that's those are the things that we've got to create for ourselves. But to do that, you've got to play those phases of the game well. You know, you can't just, you know, keep making mistakes. You know, you've got to pitch well, you've got to make plays defensively, and you've got to cash in on opportunities offensively and, and score runs. And, you know, we haven't done that consistently. Luke? Coach, I uh, just want to ask one more question about uh, negative and then go to the positive. Uh, that kid was really good on, on Friday night, but it just seems like we're striking out a whole lot this year. Any, you know, Is that the result of pressing too much, trying to make things happen, or what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I think so, and I think it's, it's between the years, too. I mean, you have to have that sense of survival. You know, when you get to two strikes, I mean, it's, it's a one-on-one confrontation between you and that guy on the mound. And, you know, to me, there, there has to be that toughness that you have to be able to, to exhibit and, 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 and bring out of yourself to foul pitches off, extend at bats. And, you know, nothing says that that guy is so good on the mound that he's not going to make a mistake. Uh, to you, and and that's that's where we've got to get a lot better. You know, we've got to foul pitches, uh, you know, and and keep ourselves alive, and and more importantly, put the ball in play. You know, on on Friday, you look at that game, and I don't want to harp on it much, but it, I mean, it was, I mean, and hats off to Logan Allen. I mean, he averages twelve strikeouts a game, and he got us for thirteen, but then the bullpen got us for five, so we strike out eighteen times. So that's six innings worth of 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 a nine-inning game that they never had to field the ball other than the catcher catch it. So, you know, that kind of puts things in perspective right there. So, And we still had a chance to win the game when we got him out of the game. That's what, you know, was disappointing as it is. We had we created some opportunities, and we missed on those opportunities 
to get those guys in. But you know, we're working hard on it to uh, to try to uh, correct that. And uh, you know, it just it, it takes it takes a lot of, um, of mental toughness on our guys' part to get in there and battle in those situations. Um, Brian Bowen continues to bat over 400. Uh, Danny Lynch really getting up now to uh, 300. He's had a, a good half, uh, second half of March and a good first half of April. Uh, good to see Walner um, crank out some long balls. So uh, a few guys on the offense starting to, to make the turn. Yeah, they are. You know, as, as we get a little deeper in the season, you know, you look at Hunter LeBlanc, you know, he uh, he contributed this weekend, hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities. You know, he's at 42 at-bats, but – you know, he's up to 262 right now. Had a couple of big doubles for us in Saturday's game, even though it was a loss. But still, you know, he's, he's playing a part in, in what we're trying to do. Lynch, you know, I think he's really putting some good at-bats together. A lot of times he lines out and hits a lot of balls. He squares a lot of balls up that doesn't have anything to show for it. And uh, so, But he's going to be a really good player for us. And we just got to continue to uh, keep battling Walner. It's good to see his average coming up, his power numbers start to heat up a little bit. But certainly the guy you mentioned first, Bryant Bowen, uh, you know, has seen it really well. Uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of that young man and, and how he's played his role with, as a, a number two catcher behind Cole. And he's caught a whole bunch. But then when he's not catching, he's DH and he's handling both of those situations well. Coach, I'm guessing you got a special place in your heart for catchers. I do. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a grind when you when you get back there and you have to catch all different kinds of, of pitchers, and each one of them throws different, and each one of them picks to a little different clock. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. There's certainly, you know, pitchers aren't clones. So as, as a catcher, you have to understand both the mental side and physical side of each one of those pitchers that you're trying to work with, and, and what makes them successful. And uh, so it's uh, it's it is it is a tough position. It's one that. Uh, you know, you have to really think, and you have to be you have to be present and, and show up every day. All right, coach. Just a few seconds left, but the good news is you you find yourself one game out of first place. I think it's kind of settled down to the three teams everybody anticipated would be at the top: Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss, and Louisiana Tech. So the the conference championship is still wide open for the taking, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, we're at the halfway point right now. Everybody is. Uh, and it's kind of interesting how, how it all folds out. You know, Charlotte was struggling there early in the year. Uh, now they're starting to make a move. You know, they beat Rice two out of three this past weekend. Middle Tennessee struggled early in the year. You know, they've moved themselves up there. Uh, they're playing well. So these are all opponents that we still have to play that are in front of us. Rice, uh, UAB. Middle Tennessee and uh, and Charlotte. So, uh, you know, those are those are big big uh, big opponents for us as we go down the stretch. And you know, we need to continue to uh, take care of business. We can't worry about what everybody else is doing. I mean, certainly we do watch it, but we have to worry about ourselves and have ourselves ready to play. All right, coach. As always, many thanks, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, Coach Scott Berry. Everybody on the Eagle Hour. We'll be taking a look at. The Charlotte 49ers, when we come back, stay with us. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us this Monday afternoon. Our thanks to head coach Scott Berry for joining us, as he does every Monday. 
Whether the news is good or bad, Coach Barry is always available, and we're very grateful for that. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. This is where Luke goes to buy gifts for me because he knows I love Southern Miss Apparel, and uh, they have my sizes and a big selection, and uh, we appreciate them. You can buy, uh, obviously, from the store on Hardy Street, or you can shop on the Internet at CampusBookmart.net. And, uh, Luke, it's been a while since I've received a gift from you, so I think they have some new some new stuff down there just in case you're in the neighborhood. I'm always thinking about you, Bob. Most of the time, I'm just thinking. <laughs> hey, real quickly, did you? How long did it take you to recover from all that food we had Friday afternoon at Fuzzy's? It wasn't me. It was Kelly. Oh, like yeah. I, yeah. my brisket nachos, and I ate a couple of those churros. Uh-huh. But it was fine. That was a dandy place. It's always good to eat at Fuzzy's, but pretty cool right there in, in Midtown, right across. You can sit there and look outside and see the university. And Hattiesburg's been needing some places uh, like that, and and really cool how that. That was a vision, you know, from the university and Toby Barker, the mayor, and he's a Southern Miss guy, and, and really cool to see that place develop and thrive as it is right now. How about the Oreo desserts that they brought us? It was the Oreo churros. I will get them again when I go. Wow. Uh, I think I think Kelly's weakness was the uh, the apple bites, mm-hmm. and Michael was Michael's a little sneaky guy there. You know, when you mm-hmm. see him in public, he's, he's really skinny. He was kind of living off the buzz of that new Star Wars trailer, and he just was grabbing them. We were distracted. We were talking to our guests, and Michael was just, just uh, getting after it. Right. Well, Kelly's weakness was just the food, period. He was eating when I got there, an hour before the show, and was eating, uh, I think he got the last piece of dessert before we left. So that, of course, is Kelly Sander. Sean Fox wasn't with us, but he's with us now. He's the play-by-play voice of uh, UNC Charlotte, the 49er baseball team that the Golden Eagles will be playing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, remember that, a Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday game due to Easter. Sean, welcome to the Eagle Hour, man. We're glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. You've got my mouth watering right now talking about barbecue and Oreos. Yeah, well, you know, that's we're, we're pretty uh, low class when it comes to taking free food, and uh, we do this show on location <laughs> some, and uh, we always look forward to restaurants like at Fuzzy's Tacos. Uh, so the next time you're in town, if we're doing one, we'll be sure to invite you over, Sean. Excellent. That works for me. All right, so uh, the 49ers uh, coming off a, a weekend win, a series win, over Rice, uh, you went two out of three over Rice. Get you some momentum heading into uh, Hattiesburg. Tell us about the 49er Ball Club we're going to see Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Sean. Yeah, it's a different week, first of the two, where we play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we've got a home game tomorrow, too, to get through before we head over there on Wednesday. Uh, but the Niners this year, we've been up and down. We've had some great offensive showings, and then we have games like we did Friday against Rice where we just get taken to the woodshed 19-4, to but then we turn around and come out Saturday and sweep the doubleheader. So pitching is trying to turn a corner. That's been our our weakness this year. So if we can put all three phases of the game with defense together, then we can be pretty good. But with our record right now, the not been that easy just yet. 14-20-1. and one. Uh, The highlights of the team so far have been what? Uh, we've played some really good competition. We haven't beaten the, the Clemsons that are over here on the East Coast. Uh, we went out to Arkansas earlier in the year and NC State we had beat until the ninth inning. We we had them in our minor league ballpark downtown for eight innings, but then kind of been our issue of just losing a late lead with the bullpen. So 
we'll we'll see what happens this year. Other highlights: uh, the doubleheader with Rice is right at the top of the list from Saturday. We have, you know, we've blown several leads throughout the year, and to be able to score two runs with two outs in the ninth inning to kind of get over the hump and then carry that into a, a three-hit shutout in Game Two is. If it's not number one, it's certainly number two on the list for this year so far. Luke? Sean, thanks for being on. One of the strengths of this uh, Charlotte team, and it's kind of been uh, Southern Miss Achilles Hill this year, has been errors. Uh, the 49ers, uh, I think 976 overall, only 30 errors. Been playing pretty good defense. Yeah, Bo Robinson, our, our hitting coach, is also in charge of the defense. Uh, it does help here. Our infield is turf, so we get a lot of true bounces. There's not a lot of tricky hops um, here, but on the road, defense seems to go right there with us. They harp on it every day at practice, and they spend, I would say, a solid 30 to 45 minutes on defense, even throughout BP. So that's certainly been there. Thankfully, if, if that goes south, then we could be in a, a lot more trouble. But uh, defense has been solid here, setting school records uh, for the best defense over the last three or four years. Let's talk the uh, pitching rotation. Golden Eagle fans always like to, uh, to get an early look at, at what your rotation is to see who the, the Golden Eagles going to be facing. Tell us about uh, the way your, re- your weekend rotation has been going. Well, since week four, our weekend rotation has been very fluid. Our, our Friday night guy, Matt Brooks, is now out for the year. Uh, he started 3-0 and on the year, was fantastic, but then uh, shoulder issues is keeping him out now for the rest of the year. So for the last Two weekends, uh, transfer right-hander by the name of Ryan Chanskowski has been the guy. Uh, as we speak right now, I honestly cannot tell you who's going to start Friday. It's been Chanskowski the last couple of weekends, but with the way you know things have gone, it could be him. It could be a handful of other guys. The only consistent guy in our rotation this year, our Saturday guy, is a, a freshman, Bryce McGowan, uh, from here in the state of North Carolina. He's been good at times, but as a true freshman, you would expect struggles going back and forth. Uh, and then Sunday, Carson Pinckney, uh, one of our seniors, has, has been the guy. He's been a back-end bullpen guy over the last couple of years with the injury to Brooks and you know being shorthanded. He's had to step up into a starter role. So McGowan for sure on Saturday, Pinckney on Sunday. Uh, you'll see those guys throughout the weekend. They may get moved up to Friday and Saturday. But as the last few weeks have gone, it's been Chantikowski, uh, McGowan, and then Pinkney. Right. Bob, uh, we, we forget Coach Hibbs at Charlotte. 26 years he has been uh, the the skipper up there. Uh, what is that like, Sean? I mean, to have a coach there so long who's done so much. He's been absolutely fantastic for me and everyone here on campus. Um, earlier this year, uh, opening weekend, opening day, as a matter of fact, sweeping a doubleheader from Delaware, he got his 800th career win here. He'll do for anything for you at any time. If I need any help whatsoever with anything, he's the first one there to help out. Um, very similar to Coach Barry. I got to meet him at the conference tournament last year for the first time. Just a down-to-earth, great guy and you know, always willing to help you as much as he can on and off the field. Sean, there have been some good battles and some big games between Charlotte and Southern Miss over the last couple of years. Uh, what do you think your guys anticipate coming down here to Pete Taylor Park? 
It's been a blast at the conference tournament down there in Biloxi. We haven't been on the regular season schedule for a couple of years, so to build a, a little rivalry here with those two games each of the last two years down in Biloxi with the walk-off home runs and you know the dramatics going on has been fantastic. Uh, we've got plenty of guys on the roster that will be coming with us this weekend who you know, we're in both of those years' uh, battles down at Biloxi, and then specifically last year. So the guys know what's at stake. They know the program of Southern Miss, who's been at the top of Conference USA for so long and been into regionals and, you know, been in the national spotlight. So the the guys are very much looking forward to it and try to carry some momentum from Saturday's win against Rice and open up the second half of the conference season this weekend on a good note. All right, it sounds good. We hope you have a safe trip down here. We hope you enjoy your stay, and uh, we'll look forward to watching your ball club play this weekend. Excellent, guys. Thank you for having me. We'll see you this weekend. All right, Sean Fox, everybody, play-by-play voice of the UNC Charlotte 49ers. Uh, Before we go to break, Luke, uh, look, let's all be honest. We're all disappointed right now in the way baseball is going. Second half of the season in front of the Golden Eagles – Here's my quick estimation. You got to clean things up defensively, clearly, and you got to quit leaving so many people on base and striking out so much at the plate in order to turn things around. Your observation. Coach uh, mentioned, and, and I was thinking this this weekend, he, you know, he was talking about that 09 team and. Um, you know, just with Dozier out of the lineup and, and uh, when he got hurt. And, and that's the exact same thought I had this weekend. I just said, man, there's there's just too much talent on this team for, for us to be in this type of just fog. And if you look at where that team was uh, about where we are now, there's a lot of similarities, and they caught fire. So you you see some of these these guys that have struggled people forget how many first timers we have in this lineup you know regulars and and I've been one to to forget that also and so you know it 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 takes a, a, a team a little while to get adjusted. I, I am concerned about the strikeouts. I am concerned, severely concerned about the errors. And I am concerned uh, about when we get behind. Sometimes we, you, you look at the South Alabama game, you look at the Ole Miss game, you look at Saturday's game at FIU. Uh, you know, uncharacteristically, sometimes we fold. And you, you know, that, that's the things that have to be addressed. Uh, what you heard Coach Barry say, and this is the counter to the point I just made, for the most part, they are playing hard. And when they mess up, they're messing up hard. So you, you hope that some of that's got to click. I think some of these young guys, McKillis, Lynch, others, uh, it will click sooner than later. And so you may find yourself, you know, with a team that catches fire with about three weeks to go in the season. All right, important week coming up. The Golden Eagles at South Alabama tomorrow night and then a three-game set against Charlotte at the peak. When we come back, we're going to talk a little spring football, talk about some other sports. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Back on a beautiful Monday, Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, in beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Great plate lunches. Philly cheesesteak, shrimp po' boys, stop by and check out not only the excellent food, but summer Southern Miss memorabilia galore. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Well, the black and gold game went down Saturday morning, and Bob, I am happy to report Team Collier scored a perfect 10 to defeat Team Favre 10-6. to So Reggie not only wins... Um, Reggie gets uh, his number as the winning uh, score. I was, uh, I was, I thought there would be a little more offense. To be honest, they they did air it out quite a bit, but but Reggie wins and whatever the victors get, maybe Reggie got a part of it. But uh, we can talk about that. Uh, really, spring ball is one of those things. Um, it, it's you need it, especially this year coming off uh, offensive, you know, new offensive coordinator implementing a, a different offense. Uh, but Bob, I'm happy to report uh, there were there were no mentions. I'm not saying they didn't run it, but there's no no mentions of bubble screens um, from Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, and it answered another question. We've always wondered what would happen if Reggie Collier went head to head with Brett Favre, and now we know, right? The ten, the ten wins. There was actually a report, uh, it was a, an article from TMZ, consider the source, but it, it was quoting Favre, and uh, someone asked him, you know, who he thought maybe was the greatest, um, college football player of all time, and Reggie Bush, Tim Tebow, some of those names thrown in there, and, and Favre was quick to say Reggie Collier was the greatest college football player of all time. Is that right? That's pretty high praise, huh? Yep. It is. So what's that tell you, Luke? Ten points score, ten points wins the game. Offense was, of course, the Achilles heel in many ways of the football team last year. Uh, Should that be concerning, or do you not take that much out of a spring football game? Well, you you look at what they did on offense. uh, The name that was uh, surprisingly uh, what – Basically, the MVP, you should say, of the spring game was Tate Watley, a kid that was forced to play last year a lot. Uh, Watley went 10 of 15 for 203 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. Jack Abraham went 19 of 29, uh, two touchdowns and two interceptions. So on the uh, the spring report, you know, we've been talking about it, and it was it was clearly you know Jack Jack was showing leadership. Jack was sh- showing uh, you know the fact that he had locked down the starter position. Tate Watley was a ball. Saturday, and that's what we've seen him come in. Um, you know, little raw, but the kid was a gamer so much so um, that basically Hop said after the game that you know he's going to let him compete uh, going into fall camp. So, <laughs> what else can you expect? What else can you expect, Bob? But we've got ourselves a quarterback competition at Southern Miss. Go figure. All right, running game. That's something that obviously they have to improve at it if they're going to get out of the middle of the Conference USA pack. Uh, anything that uh, we should take from their ability to run the football Saturday? Um, the uh, the Perkins kid that transferred from uh, Northwest Community College, uh, he has really impressed people this spring, six feet, and I think right at 210. Um, he has impressed. Of course, Mosley will be in there. Anderson was was hampered a little bit uh, with with some injuries, I believe, uh, a, f- a few weeks ago. But I, I I just think they're gonna they're gonna run it. I mean, they're gonna have to run it, and and it helps with with Stanchek's emphasis. I think one of the things that that Faulkner uh, 
Faulkner was so uh, thankful for is that no one that got bad injured in spring. You know, we had some dings there, and a couple offensive linemen, Dorbeck and and, and Clopton, uh, have been dinged up and, and weren't able to practice much. Uh, but he he feels Faulkner said after the game uh, in in the post spring game interview that the most important thing is that they they're mainly healthy and that our kids have picked up the offense really well. So that that's what you want to hear coming out. You know, you, you think about we got a late start uh, where we were with the offense, but uh, quarterbacks uh, play. I wouldn't read too much into to Jack's two interceptions. You know, one of them was coming down late. And he, he threw it in the end zone trying trying to win it, uh, win the game. But um, the other impressive is you know we're concerned about the receiving core. Without uh, we don't, we don't know about what's going to happen with Quez Watkins, um, Trevor Terry, a senior. He's actually from Long Beach, uh, and and Patrick. Patrick McGee has told us about him. He caught a 64-yard touchdown um, reception and and looked really good. Jordan Mitchell's another guy. But uh, a kid that I watched play in high school, Neil McLaurin, and everyone remembers him last year. He stiff-armed the fire out of – was that Louisiana Tech? When McLaurin basically like – like I think the dude's like soul left his body for a second. Like he hit him so hard going downfield. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing. McLaren's a kid. He's like six two, uh, extremely athletic. He'll be a senior this year. And uh, we were told Faulkner. Faulkner said that uh, McLaren really impressed. Went up high for the ball. He had three catches, I think, for eighty four yards. So the receiving core without Quez Watkins looked really good. Um, and and uh, that's what you you always want to see, even with some defensive starters out, ten to six. Uh, it's a low scoring game, which uh, you know it's always a positive. Uh, they're they're going to be fine on defense, and a lot of people think they're actually uh, we're actually going to be better than we were last year. But what you're telling us is to be prepared to go right down to game week, start of the two thousand. What would that be? The two thousand nineteen season, not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. I don't know how much of that is Hop. I don't know how much of that is Shannon, was Shannon Dawson. So mm-hmm. hopefully Buster Faulkner um, says, uh, I want my quarterback named in, you know, maybe mm-hmm. two weeks into uh, fall camp. So we will wait and see. But I tell you what, to, to Tate Watley's credit, Watley is a gamer. He can make uh, more plays on his on his feet um, than Jack can. Just Jack, just so accurate. Uh, that's what you have. So, I mean, is it? It's it's been frustrating, but you, when you have a lot of talent at a position, um, you just need to be thankful. But I can understand the frustration when when people hear, "Oh, another one." Here we go. Mm-hmm. Well, for the at no point, no reports that, that Reggie ran an option for him out there and turned it up the sidelines and blazed down the sideline like he used to, right? Coming from uh, the report of Reggie's grandkids last week, no, that did not happen. <laughs> I believe 10 still got it, man. I believe he could still sprint down that field. What hey, about you? I'll tell you who does still have it. Four has it. They, they uh, One of the equipment managers or somebody tweeted out a, a photo or a video Saturday morning. Brett standing on the Brett standing on the goal line. He may have been about one or two yards deep, and uh, some of the managers I think were running routes. Favre throws it. He's too deep in the end zone. He throws it to the opposite forty-five. So it was a good fifty-seven yards in the air. <laughs> hit, hit a guy in stride. And all it, all it said was all the tweet said was Brett Favre still has it. Yeah. Well, I don't think if you've seen him, you have really little doubt about that. He is he is the greatest. He he is the 
it, in all of America, there's no other grandfather that can throw a football like Brett Favre. I, I wouldn't think so, or probably built quite like Brett Favre is uh, still built to this day, right? Exactly. All right. All right. How about softball, Luke? How's the softball team doing? We haven't talked about them much lately, but uh, I'm always interested in, in how Coach Hogue and her girls are doing. Had Coach Hogue on last week. Uh, they were coming off a, a sweep, and happy to report another sweep in the books uh, this weekend. Yeah. Southern Miss uh, pulls the brooms out. We're able to, to take care of business, and, and you always like it when – UAB goes down, and UAB went down three times in a row. Lady Eagles sweep them in the doubleheader on Saturday, two to nothing, and then uh, seven to four, and then yesterday um, shut them out uh, four to nothing. And and uh, Abby Treha has been incredible. The the transfer um, from up north at the college in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one, she throws seven innings, uh, seven innings shutout with with five strikeouts, and then yesterday, I believe in. Uh, Yesterday afternoon in Game 3, she did it again. So in the same weekend, uh, nine strikeouts, 14 innings, no runs. Mm, Impressive. And that has been the thing was uh, going into this season – Coach Oak knew she had some some uh, some horses on the mound, and uh, and Abby's been one of those. She's has been extraordinarily just amazing. So what that means is Conference USA softball Lady Eagles now improve. I think they're eleven and seven overall. Good, Let me check good. that. Yes, uh, eleven and seven in conference, twenty six sixteen overall. Still third place in in the. Uh, in, in their side of, of the conference, simply because Louisiana Tech's thirteen and two. But if you're looking at where they stand, they have the fourth best conf- conference record in all conference USA. Well, no nicer person, of course, than uh, Wendy Hogue, and we're very happy that uh, anytime she has success, you, 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 as a Southern Miss person, you should feel very good about any success that she has because uh, I think she's come here and done an outstanding job and certainly is a high-class individual. Now, Luke, you know that uh, the NFL draft is not far away, right? Yeah, I'm putting my name back in. Anybody still wants me, they can they can take me. <laughs> so what do you say when we come back, we talk a little bit about the NFL draft. And I'd be curious to know what uh, what you think your Houdats are going to be doing uh, in the draft and, and going into the next season. You good with talking a little Saints football? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, we'll do that when we come back on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us, everybody. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank baseball head coach Scott Berry and Charlotte play-by-play voice Sean Fox for joining us earlier in the program. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Beautiful downtown Laurel, First Bank serving South Mississippi since, uh, man, the 1800s. You go by and uh, see the perfect 10 and... 
all those good guys. First Bank, a lot of a lot of good people over there, Bob, aren't there? Oh, no question. They've been the uh, they were the charter sponsor of this show when we first put it on the air two years ago. They were the first sponsor that uh, stepped up, and uh, so we'll always be very grateful uh, to the good folks at First Bank. Building a new location here in Hattiesburg, we might add, uh, out here in Oak Grove on Highway 98. We expect that to be uh, open about midsummer, and that'll be the headquarters of the Perfect Ten. Uh, of course, he, you know Reggie's going to get a big office, Luke, in the uh, in the new building. Why? Because <laughs> because he's Reggie Collier, right? That's right. That's right. A couple of things to note before we jump in to talk in the NFL draft. Uh, Beach Volleyball sweeps William Carey on the weekend. Uh, both golf teams and uh, some big tournaments. Women's women golf team opens up Conference USA Championship down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. I had uh, Coach Nunn on last week, and Lady Eagles looking to make some noise down there. Men have one more tournament before Conference USA. They are back in the state of Mississippi at the Old Waverly Collegiate Championship, one of the best courses in the state of Mississippi. Uh, Golden Eagles up there with about 15 teams. So wish uh, Coach Brescher and his his men all uh, the best up there. So NFL draft, Bob. Um, the, the good and the bad. Let me start with the bad for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Marcus Davenport is a crazy good defensive lineman. How crazy good was he? Well, he cost the Saints two first-round picks, and the Saints do not pick until round number two, pick 62. Mm-hmm. So they are uh, towards the end of the second round. Uh, the Saints hadn't been in this position, I think, since 2012. They don't have any uh, third-round picks or fourth-round picks because wow. uh, last year they – yeah, they, they shipped, uh, if you remember, in August of last year, they shipped uh, the third-round pick uh, to to New York New York Jets, and they got Teddy Bridgewater. And then I thought was a, a great move in, uh, in no, no, October, sent a fourth-rounder to uh, back up to New York, this time to the Giants, and got Eli Apple, and, and Apple made some big plays down the stretch for him. So what the Saints are looking at pick-wise, and then we can get into uh, some needs – Saints got a round, a second rounder, uh, 62 overall. They got two fives, one six, and two sevens. So it's uh, not going to be a big. I don't. Day. I don't. Yeah, it's not going to be a, a, a several big days. You just wonder if somebody they like slips to the second round, mm-hmm. would they try to pull something off? Uh, I will. I do think they will draft a quarterback this year. Um, they're glaring need. They need another defensive lineman, and they need somebody to complement. Um, they need somebody to complement Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith can be good, uh, but but Ted Ginn Jr. You know he, he's getting older. Uh, but eventually, you just you know Drew Brees uh, can't play forever. He maybe have one, maybe two years left. Um, and you saw some of as much as I love Drew, you saw some of his arm strength issues late in the season. And then they lose uh, Ingram, didn't he? Uh, think I want to say went to the Jets. Am I right about that? He went to the Ravens. The Ravens. He's gone, um, so you, you got to address that. But also a big one too is tight end. Benjamin Watson retired this off season. Uh, don't have a lot of experience behind him. But, you know, Sean Payton's one of those guys. He's so creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you go into a game thinking Michael Thomas is going to catch two touchdowns, and two guys you never heard of, you know, catch touchdowns. Uh, and, that, and that's what they have. Uh, I think they've got, you know, they, they've got to, to make sure that they've got a, a beefy back back there that can take some load off Kamara. But oh. Kamara's been one of those guys. He's, you know, 215. He's sneaky big. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just going to. 
they're not going to pull off anything crazy unless there's somebody sitting around 40 to 45 uh, in the second round. But, man, you got to wait almost two rounds to get your first pick. All right, now let me say this one time. You'll never hear me say this again. The team should have played in the Super Bowl last year. Knowing that, as a Saints fan, and I know you love the Saints, are you still reeling from that? Does it make you want to see the season start sooner? Does the frustration continue? Frustration always continues based off uh, you feel like you got robbed of that. But you know, it's such a long um, road, right? To, yeah, I mean, to quote Todd Munkin, uh, I need to get over it. Um, I don't I don't think – hey, listen, let me tell you. If that had happened to Todd Munkin, he wouldn't have gotten over it. He still wouldn't be over it, okay? He'd so be we love coach, hell. But Let's just be honest. He'd be, he'd be raising canes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're, we're past it. We're past it. Hey, um, before, before we head out, I want to, want to mention this. Um, how special was it yesterday? Whether you like Tiger or you hate Tiger, um, how special was it, though, for him to grab his son – so reminiscent of what happened 22 years ago when his father hugged him after his first Masters, that was pretty. That was pretty yeah. emotional, strong moment for sports world. Let me say what I what I take out of this, and I won't talk about it much because every media outlet in the world will talk about it. But what Tiger Woods did yesterday should serve as an example to young people in the country that you don't always get everything you want, that you have to work really hard sometimes to get things that you want, and he exemplified all of that. He had four back surgeries. You know, and fought his way back from a lot of personal chaos, four back surgeries, and wins the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. I think, Luke, that's a great example for young people around America. It's one of the greatest comeback stories, I think, in sports history, and it was really fun to see. Right. All right, that wraps it up for today. Luke and Kelly will be here tomorrow. I may show up. I don't know, depending on what Dalton lets me do. We'll be back uh, tomorrow at 1 o'clock, with or without me. And until then, Southern Miss. To to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.